everybody, and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about Love 101, Season 2, Episode 4, which, in my humble opinion, was another banger. It was awesome. Um, if I sound even more melodious than usual, that's because Ezgi and I have received delivery of our new microphones. Sophia's still waiting. But tell us if you like the audio on Twitter. Hopefully this is a lot better. I am drinking a delicious coffee as we are waiting for our civets to rise. Sophia and I are trying to bake civet this morning. Um, so we'll be posting pictures and some videos and stuff on Twitter. I don't know how that works, but we'll try. <laughs> you can. It's fine. It works. <laughs> and I do have a photo posting function on Twitter. We've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And uh, hopefully they turn out edible. We'll see. Sophie and I are both kind of impatient bakers. So uh, impatient, but semi-experienced. So we'll see if it balances out. I mean, I was one of those cliche people who made bread during the pandemic. Yep, me too. Oh, sourdough. Surprisingly. <laughs> no, I, I made a brioche because like I was like, eh, I don't want to take care of a sourdough. I'll kill it for sure. Um, so I made brioche and it turned out really good. The only bad thing. There's something really weird about eggs here. They're really yellow. So anything you make with eggs will be super yellow. Oh. So my brioche was extremely yellow. <laughs> Same when I made um, vanilla ice cream, it was like very, very yellow. But oh, anyway, interesting. it was very good. The brioche, surprisingly, I was very surprised, but <laughs> it came out. <laughs> That's impressive. They definitely had a brioche challenge on Great British Bake Off, and I don't think it went very well. <laughs> Sophia, you're drinking tea, right? I am. I'm having my Earl Grey with milk. Woohoo! Esgi, tea? No, no tea. Pre-lunch tea? Nope. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had breakfast tea a few hours ago, but nothing right now as we record, because that would be too uh, appropriate for the podcast. And as we know, <laughs> we like to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. This is true. Okay, so now Sophia is going to take us through what happened in this episode. Okay, so this episode was, as Sammy mentioned, quite interesting. So we start off with Nedjadek getting a letter, and he's really excited about it. He's screaming to the world which, oh God, scary. I wonder we what happened. that's a bad sign, yeah. <laughs> no. So then everyone gets a phone call, but for some reason, Eda gets it at night and then Osman gets it during the day. I don't know. The timing is weird. <laughs> but everyone gets a phone call and everyone meets up. And basically what happened is that Nedjdet was announced to be the official principal. So they're going to tell Ishik. And Ishik is like, really really sad because she really had the hope that she was going to be able to come back to school and so she's like bye like get out of my life I never want to see you guys again like get the fuck out and obviously Sinan is like the most affected by it because we know they have a platonic relationship that has not been realized to date um so he's really sad and he's just like looking at the water and then everyone hugs him and he's like get away from me but then he eventually likes the hug which was that a sweet was moment so cute my heart grew three sizes <laughs> <laughs> yeah my Grinch heart also grew maybe not three sizes but maybe one so then Sinan like finally brings the dog to Kimada's apartment which I wonder what was as we mentioned last episode I wonder what happened to the dog for this time period <laughs> and so basically he's just there and then uh Burju comes and is like again trying to have one of these conversations with Kemal that I don't really understand at all where she's just like oh I don't know if I love you but I love you but I don't know oh but this time around she was like oh I was thinking about what you did why, why you suspended me and like that's really crappy like you really don't care about your students again like, yeah her so- new her new strategy is talking only about like work stuff even though there's clearly other underlying issues that she refuses to address yeah (laughs) so then all of a sudden she sees sinan in the background and she's like what the fuck like what are you doing why do you have this kid in your house and he's like well he got kicked out i don't know the details but i'm helping him out so like 
just for once, don't get involved in this. Like, this is none of your business, <laughs> which I mean, I, I don't know how it works in Turkey because I know that some countries there's like differentiated relationships between teachers and students. And like, I feel like this is not like ethically wrong, but it kind of like touches on some very like blurred lines. A good thing in the show, but it puts Sinan in a very dangerous situation if it were somebody with bad intentions, for sure. Yeah. And so then Sinan and Kemal have a talk and Burju and Eda have a talk where basically like Sinan and Eda are like, guys, you need to snap out of it. Like, just go for it. Like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, basically. And it's weird because I don't know how serious the relationship was, but Burju already had like a picture of the two of them in the house. So that made I think Kem- like- I think Kemal did too. I think they both really? had Oh. photos yeah that struck me too i was like oh i guess they were dating for a while <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but then there's this whole montage of the conversation and like they make it seem like kemal and burjo are talking directly at each other and so then it's time for school again and osman is kind of like love struck it seems because this guy asks him for hazelnuts i don't know it was a weird thing he just like doesn't i don't know i guess he doesn't know what to do And then he's in class and then and uh, Elif is like next to him and he's like, oh, can I be excused? And the teacher's like, why? And he's like, I can't really think of an excuse, but I just want to leave this classroom because <laughs> I guess because he was seated next to Elif. I don't even know why he wanted to leave the classroom. And then Edda is like heartbroken. She like sees Kerem like riding away. But she in the meantime, she's become a really good artist, apparently, because We all know that being heartsick always makes you a very good artist. I don't think she was ever like a bad artist. I think she just never focused. And she's yeah. like decided that uh, if if, the, if they're going to break up because of her or her art, then she's going to actually, I didn't expect her to put more effort into it. I Same. thought she would completely stop, but she went the opposite direction. That's good though, though. Then though, I mean, because like, yeah, it means needed... Karam was right. Sad. So then Kerem arrives to the restaurant and his like to this really fancy restaurant. His parents are waiting for him there. And like, I don't know, it was a weird scene because he becomes like the sort of manic person a few times during this episode. It's quite quite scary. He's like, like he has this whole altercation with his dad because he's like, dad, you expect a lot from me. Like, stop expecting stuff from me. Like, you'll be better off that way. Um Which is kind of weird. I don't know. It was a weird episode. And then he's playing basketball and he has like all these flashes that he's playing with Eda and then he's playing with his father and then he's playing with... It wasn't clear why he was having like dinner with them at all. Like like yeah. it doesn't seem like he ever interacts with them and then all of a sudden he's going to dinner and I don't know what the point of the dinner was but it seemed like he was maybe going to make amends but then... As soon as his dad behaved in his typical asshole way, he yeah. like immediately he immediately reverted to like being rude and hating his dad. <laughs> so yeah. did not really I don't know what the intention was. I wish they would have clarified that a bit more because I don't know that they're gonna go back to that necessarily. True. True. And then that basketball scene is weird because he sees himself playing basketball with different people. And then Sinan, does he go and see Ishik and she kicks him him out of the house? Is that what happens? Yeah, there's like a montage of him. Yeah. Like he just like lost puppies outside her door for months. Exactly. Exactly. In the rain, at night, during the day, all all climate conditions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then Elif like calls all the students and she's like, well, your plan failed. So what are you going to do now? And they're like, we don't know. We're going to figure it out, I guess. But they don't seem that invested in it anymore, it seems. And so she goes to see Elif. And she's like, you know, like things will work out and like all this stuff. And she goes to see Ushik. Ushik, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. <laughs> and like they have this like nice little conversation. And she tells like Ishik tells Elif, like Elif, like, I know you're also in love, and like I can tell. And like love is like a sickness. And like there's this whole like montage because she's talking about what love does to you. And so we see Eda and, and Kerem, like they're longing after each other. And then we see Osman is like, has a crush and he's getting really lost and stuff. Like he went to school on a Sunday, <laughs> which was really funny. And then Burju decide, like, remember the red dress from a few episodes back? I think 
she was like, I will never wear that dress ever. Like, that's too sexy for me. I don't know. Or she said it was in her style. I don't know. But so she she puts on, well, she takes out the red dress. We don't know what's going to happen with the red dress yet. So then all the gang gets together again and they come to uh, Ishik's house and they try to like figure, they try to come up with a new plan. But like they get into a fight, like everyone leaves for a different reason and they decide they're going to try again the next day. Because, like, everyone gets pissed off her or something. And, obviously, like, Ishik is, like, really down. Because she's the one that is taking all the consequences of what's going on. And so, Sinan gets to Kemal's house. And he basically decides that he's not going to live there anymore. He just leaves. He's like, I know you're, you have me here, like, on false pretenses. Like, I know your bookcase isn't broken. Like, give me the broken piece or not. And, like, if you want me to come around, like, just ask me like don't don't make up like weird excuses for me to come here and so then Kemal gets the call from his friend saying that he got the coaching job and like that he needs to be ready um to start coaching which he says he'll call him the next day and then we go back to the school and the security guard sees the light on so he knows that Sinan is back and then we have Billy, who's like the most you honestly, this character should stop existing in the show. I completely <laughs> agree. I fucking hate her. <laughs> she like comes to the door, tries to hit on Kemal. It doesn't really work because we know Kemal is like not into her. And so then wait, what is this conversation between Osman and Kerem? It's where um K- Kerem is on his motorcycle outside the school and Osman's like what's up man we haven't talked in a while I heard you and Eda broke up and then Kerem is just like if you love someone enough like you know you have to be the best version of yourself and this is the best version of me and then he like immediately starts crying and then they have like a bro hug moment that's also really sweet Uh, yeah (laughs) okay somehow I missed that (laughs) so then we have Kemal and he sees like one coaching book on his table it seems like he's making the decision whether to coach or not and he i think he he calls him but i don't remember if they show what he says yeah he accepts the he accepts the position he says i'm gonna do it so he's gonna i guess move to izmir (laughs) Ooh, interesting and also like it just proves burge's point that he that the school is just like a one in a path of things that he... well i don't i don't think it necessarily proves that i think she pushed him to behave that way we can discuss true. more but it was kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah <laughs> that's also true that's for sure true because she's been so annoying yeah and then bilur comes to her door and basically tries to convince like she's like oh you know so many things have happened between kevin and i and like whatever she's like i have to tell you I like got involved with him. (laughs) (laughs) She's just such a ridiculous character that I just can't do the recap with not her voice. So then, of course, Burju gets super upset and she's like about to start crying. So she says, like, I'm gonna go make tea. And then she's like, wait like we're Sinan and his dog there and she's like no what are you talking about and she's like well I know you're lying like why do you come to my house like lie to my face what's your problem like get the fuck out that was so great <laughs> so she finally gets rid of Bilud and her idiot like idiocy like I don't even know why Nijdet brought her back because we hear in the earlier parts of the episode that she's back so now the gang's all back together, but they're like in better spirits. And Osman comes up with this idea that they're going to like give free stuff to the students on behalf of Nejdet. And then they're going to stop giving free stuff. So they're going to have a riot. Free, free stuff, including bananas and, and pide. pide. <laughs> <laughs> it was so ridiculous when I heard bananas. I was like, what? Bananas, bananas? for potassium for higher. What was it like? Intellect, intellectual yeah, performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. We have to discuss this plan. I don't understand it. <laughs> um, and so then everyone's kind of happy. And then um, Ishik asks Sinan to help her study for the test again. And then Bourjo decides to wear the red dress and she walks around the city and gets to Kemal's house and is like, and he's very smiley, which I was very confused about why he was smiling in his own house when she gets there. 
I yeah yeah we need to talk about this I'm worried that someone else is there yeah same Mm. so she or like maybe the coach friend I don't know like it could be anyone and she just like is like I'm ready to start to stop second guessing things like I really want to be with you and she kisses him and that's the end of the episode Yes. So, so much to talk about. Uh, Another banger from season two. I'm like, this show is the best one we've watched. I'm so excited about it. So now we're going to move on into our gossip slash banter slash spilling Sophia's tea section. And where would you guys like to start? I want to start with Ushuk being still so rude and heartless towards Sinan. Like that first like scolding that he received from her. That was like yeah. so uncalled for. I could not agree more. Yeah. I mean, she, I, and like, even at the end, like I want her to apologize and she was just like, you're going to help me study again. Right. It's like, fuck you. Ushuk. <laughs> so, like, True. I mean, I know she's a child too, technically, but like, oh my God, it's so insensitive. Yeah. I completely agree. Like, ugh, yeah, she's, she needs to get her shit together. She's being a complete ass. Like, yeah. It's not his fault that Nedjdet was appointed principal. Like, what What does he have to do with that? That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, they did their best. Also, like, sorry, Ushuk, but you are the one who spilled paint mm. <laughs> on, like, like, yes, it was partially because you were in the dark about what your friends were being put through, but, you know, you could have made a different decision, too. If you're going to blame them for Nedjdet getting appointed principal, you have to also blame yourself for the series of events that triggered your expulsion. So agreed that the group hug was like the sweetest thing followed by the bro hug. Those were the top two sweetest moments. So cute. Number three sweetest moment was probably Paris, the dog um, showing up at the apartment and just like being basically a horse living in the apartment. (laughs) (laughs) And how sweet Kemal was to him. I loved that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. There were so many sweet moments in this episode. And as you pointed out last time, Eski, they were so earned by the first yeah. season. Like if they had group hugged in the first season, I would be like, what is their angle? Like, why are they doing yeah. this? Yeah. But yeah. Now it's just like, they're so sweet. I don't want anything <laughs> to happen to them. <laughs> yeah. And still, oh, also still no adults, nothing. No adults. I'm like, how are these adult actors going to be used? Are they going to be on screen for like 30 seconds total? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it has to be like the the where they left off was the surprise of one person coming. They still need yeah two more presumably. And then I'm guessing like what about Edith? Like because she's kind of in yeah. the gang now. Yeah. So does what she if Elif is the is the oh no because we've already met Edda and she's lame. I was gonna say what if Elif is the housewife and Edda is an artist, but. No, no I, think, I mean, yeah, I'm like, did Adif as a character exist when they were writing the script for season one? I wonder. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. And then Borju comes to see Kemal and it's just like, oh, she's rolled, so yeah. annoying this season. Like, much like a Shik, I'm yeah. like completely backwards on her this season. Yeah. But yeah. a Shik was annoying since last season. That's true. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Borju just like, ugh. She's so annoying. Which is like a total 180. Like, there's no... Where did, this, where did all this immaturity and insecurity come from? I mean, I think Eda did a lot of heavy lifting for the screenwriters in that mm-hmm. um, girl talk scene where she was like, you're insecure and like, okay, I get it because you thought you were only good enough for that asshat um, Sunjai, but, you know, that's not true. And, you know, you, you actually have someone who loves you who isn't shitty um so she did a lot of heavy lifting there i think i think she's right about the diagnosis of burgess like or like why burgess are behaving this way it is definitely insecurity but i just would not have guessed her to be this way necessarily after season one um because she like really i mean she and kemad just like let the relationship 
kind of happen with and now she's like actively working <laughs> to not make it happen yeah yeah so and like the I mean the like peak hypocrisy of like she's lecturing Kimal about not caring about the students as like Sinan is hovering in the background of his apartment. right, right. <laughs> it's like what are you doing <sighs> but yeah so she turns it around with the help of Eda who is awesome this season yeah and what how do you guys feel about the red dress device because I have some issues with it yeah I'm I honestly don't get it do you mean do you have an issue with it Sammy from like uh she's wearing something like I guess quote-unquote sexual to please Kemad and like she wouldn't have worn it but like now that she wants to get on his good side again (laughs) and make amends she's wearing it is that like um that is a good point. I, I had a little bit different of a take on it, but yeah, similarly, just like, like, obviously she's beautiful. She looks fucking incredible yeah. in that dress. Yeah. Um, and she should wear it if she wants to. Sure. But the problem is that it's weird to have a guy give you a garment and be like, to be with me, you need to wear this. It's just, it's, Did I know he that's say not that? how, I missed no, that. no. Oh, okay. I mean, but that's kind of like the background implication yeah, like, like I picked this out for you. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's it's, like the it's subtext. It's just a little weird. It doesn't feel yeah. like a Kamal thing. And I I think it's just, they just did it because it's like a good visual representation of what she's going to do. But mm. um, I think it's just a little bit weird and like not how they've portrayed Kamal. Yeah, maybe something more subtle, like a ne- necklace or earrings or something yeah. would have been. Because like a whole dress, that's like the fighting, like you said, how you look like, like at that moment. And she... And I think she would have, I don't know, she didn't really wear it because it wasn't her style, right? So like now right. all of a sudden, is it your style like to wear? It's, it's a pretty- Yes, um, she's found pretty... her self-confidence yeah. because of a guy. It's yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like a pair of jeans where it's like, it could be anyone's style. It's like a very specific cut color and length of dress that, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not for her a week ago, it's probably not for her this week, except right. for- man intervention yeah I she see. only likes garments that hang off of one shoulder loosely yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I didn't catch the like smiling and like the weird vibes of Kemad at the end so I'm curious now to see how it plays out oh, after the kiss and after I was the next so episode. nervous because he like he like holds on to the door when he opens it which is also mm. like a bad sign and yeah he looked like he was like talking to someone or like I don't know. And huh. we know Sinan left. So I don't think it would be a girl, but it, it could, could be, be his bros. It could be his, or like the bro going to Russia specifically that came over to like talk about yeah. the details. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the most likely scenario. Yeah. Which <laughs> Borju would then lose her shit again. And we're back at yeah, she would be. She would be like, I was right. I was right. I was like, no, you pushed him <laughs> away, you idiot. And he was like, there's nothing for me here. It was like a combo of Sidan being like, don't help me. And uh, Burju being like, only wanting to talk about school <laughs> and, <laughs> and ignoring that they ever had a relationship. <laughs> yeah. But we do need to talk about the Bilur scenes. So funny. Our favorite She's so creepy. Billy. She needs to be reported like immediately. Like she, like at the school, all she does is salivate over She's him. a sexual predator. Like yeah. it's not okay. If he wasn't physically bigger than her, it would be like, alarming a really bad situation yeah exactly yeah he shut shut her down like for real which was good because yeah. he's kind of just been like ignoring her yeah he was like i, I have no interest in anybody except for Burju. <laughs> yeah and then the Burju scene i was like oh my god this is so terrible she's gonna believe her and she goes in the kitchen and i was like so upset and then she figured it out. It was so fun. I, I was like starting to write down WTF. Why are you making this bitch tea? But then <laughs> she came, and I, I crossed it out because she came back out. She was like, why am I making this bitch tea? <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> she heard your thoughts and yeah. she was like, you're right. <laughs> why am I making this bitch tea? <laughs> yeah. Coming over and being like, oh, I just felt like I needed to tell you in person. That Yeah. I've been, I've been fucking with your man. <laughs> Let's talk about it over some tea. <laughs> oh my God. Just she's, and I would like for the record, I heard and saw of uh, uh, Burju call Bilur Billy 
She yes. said it out loud. <laughs> they say, they put it in the subtitles. Yeah. 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 I guess this was a weird sorry. nickname. Yeah. A very, oh, yeah. She also American said bad news accent. to Kimat, which was really funny. <laughs> oh, God. She's the worst. And I hope she's clearly a terrible administrator. So hopefully she gets fired before the end of the season. <laughs> I mean, with Nejdet in charge, who knows? Also, it was a blessing to not see Nejdet more than that first scene, the whole episode. It was it nice was, to just have true. a break, yeah, from his face. <laughs> the funny <laughs> thing is the mug face. The funny thing is that actor I feel like is always used to play villains. Like he was like the most awful villain in this other um, really popular show that was on like network TV last year. And then there's another show too that I can't remember uh, the details though. I just remember him being like an, another like evil mafioso type, but he's act- he's like one of the most in-demand actors because he's so good to work with, like in terms of like an actual, oh. as an actual person, he's like, everyone loves him. <laughs> That's fun. But he's always... I don't know. He's got the face for it, I guess. He has villain but, face. Yeah. yeah, villain face. <laughs> That's funny. I was going to pivot to Ospan's like weird lovesick Ugh. stupidity. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is he so dumb? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I did not like that at all. Yeah. Like he was, he was giving me nothing because he was supposed to be like dazed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't have any connection with that character really. How Aside he got from dazed. when he's being witty and yeah. he's not witty. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how he got dazed as a result of Adif um, playing piano in front of like hundreds of people at the school like <laughs> that one time. I, it's so confusing. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> then that was hazelnuts. Also, I'm like, the moment they kiss, she's going to go into anaphylactic shock. Like, I know. He's got, he's got hazelnut breath at all times. <laughs> I feel like somebody needs to bring this up because otherwise she's going to die. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like how she's a part of the team now, though. Like, yeah, it's kind of annoying, but I I like how she was integrating with the group. She did a good job. She like forced them to come together when they yeah. were literally the reason for the gang having lost all hope was Osman being like temporarily dumb from being in love. Like, and they all get <laughs> kind of gave up. They're like, well, he's not planning anything, so what can we do? <laughs> And it was also really sweet when uh, Elif and Ashuk were like, Karam, we think you're going to be a great man. Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> like, I, yeah, that was, that's also like, that's number four sweetest moment in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so team Karam this season. I just think he's the best. Yeah. Which is bad because I feel like that means he has farther to fall. Yeah, I'm really, season. I'm really, I, I know I said this during Sophia's recap, but I don't know what to make of that dinner scene. Like, that was so weird. That was so creepy. Also, does he have like dentures? Because his teeth are crazy looking. No, I think he just has like really good teeth or maybe, really maybe they're large. And yeah. White teeth. White. Oh, well, yeah. He's, of course, it's not naturally that white. I'm sure he's like gotten them whitened. But yeah, I think those are his teeth. As long as I've been aware of that actor, he's had the same teeth. Okay. <laughs> it's not like uh, Niall from One Direction having really bad teeth in 2011. And then by 2013, he had like perfect teeth. It's like, what happened? Oh, I don't Niall. know about that conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he had braces for a bit, but like they were somehow expedited or maybe, I don't know how that works, but <laughs> his teeth got really, really nice, really quickly. <laughs> What they do is they take every tooth and they like make it into a really tiny tooth and then they put like fake teeth, like teeth on top. Oh, okay. Gross. Really gross. That's what they yeah, do to Niall. Um, yeah, so Kidam like hulked out at dinner and we don't really know. Like why the dinner was happening. Why, yeah. what the consequences are. I guess it's just meant to represent that like the only people that believe in him was this group of friends, much like Maybe. Edda. I mean, I'm like, what is he? Because there is one. Okay, hold on. If we look, if we think about the adults that we've been shown, one was like working on a farm. One was in prison. Yeah. One was not shown. And then there's presumably Edda who was like making salad right. or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, but there was also one who rolled up to the yellow this season, the only like adult scene we've had wearing like what looked to be a nice suit. Yeah. So yeah, I really don't know which one Kedam would be. 
Like part of me thinks maybe he, okay, I don't think he's going to go to college, but maybe he'll be like, fuck it. And just like work with his father at whatever company or criminal organization or whatever his dad does still unclear. Like Mm -hmm. maybe he'll find quote unquote success by doing that. Maybe he'll do a complete 180 and actually study for the college test and go to college. I mean, they did make a point of saying like, he still has five Five months months. or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I'm not really sure what to uh make of that but it was a weird scene the smile was, was very creepy scene. yeah agreed okay do we understand the plan the new plan yes so i think they're gonna have they're gonna pass out bananas and then pita and then other things other gifts from quote-unquote nejdet to all the students mm-hmm. nejdet has too big of an ego uh, and loves praise too much in their opinion to like actually be honest and say, no, these aren't for me to yeah, the student definitely body. So, agree with that. Yeah, yeah. He's going to, he's going to totally own all the credit that is uh, falsely uh, given to him. And then they're going to cut off the gifts because Nejdet never had anything to do with the gifts to begin with. Then the gang is going to stop giving the students gifts. Um, and then I don't know, I'm not sure if they're going to progressively, like take other things away too, or or if they're just going to cut off the new free things that the students were getting. But either way, their prediction is after like weeks of getting free shit and, you know, good treatment in the form of the free shit, once it's cut off, the student body will have taken it for granted and revolt because they're not getting their free stuff anymore. Mm, Okay. But I think just taking away like the newly introduced bananas isn't going to cause a revolt. I feel like they have to like do that and then like, like take away all the nice stuff and then also like somehow make his policies seem even even worse worse than they were. I, I don't, yeah, but who knows what direction the script will take, but I feel like they have to not only do what they've talked about in this episode, but also, yeah, make the prior situation even worse than it was too but i i have a question about that like where are they going to get the money to get all this pide and bananas yeah and random shit? i don't know i don't know i was thinking that too yeah and so when i heard it i thought i had like missed something because i was like that can't be the whole plan <laughs> so i thought that maybe they were gonna like be giving out this shit nejda would take credit for it and then like put like poison in it or something not like poison poison but like <laughs> kill something everyone. bad in it so that when people found out that he had given this to the students he would oh, get man. fired i really thought it was just the act of taking it away but maybe no you're definitely right oh, okay. i just heard it and i was like that can't be the whole plan oh yeah yeah <laughs> they also showed us the janitor pointedly ignoring sinan in the warehouse again yeah I feel like this is going to come into play. I, I'm worried about like a fire mm. because like you're definitely just not supposed to live in places that you're not certified to live in and there are yeah. huge fire yeah. hazards. So yeah, I'm worried. And he's like using an open flame to keep warm and stuff too in there. So mm. agreed mm. that something, something in like an actual house that wouldn't necessarily catch fire or be super flammable might be super flammable around him there to your point. And then he'd be locked in there because there's no fire exits because it's like a weird metal sliding door situation. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm concerned. And also I really wish that Kemal had done something when Sinan was leaving. Yeah. Kemal's like very passive. (laughs) He is. All right. So now we're going to move on into our history section where we are finally going to be talking about (laughs) the college entrance exam um, uh, system in Turkey. And luckily, Eski, who skipped out on the cement baking portion of the morning has educated herself on this wild system that seems to change constantly yeah much like the u.s tests are always changing and everything else everywhere so yeah we're gonna learn about this test that i'm sure none of these bad kids are gonna end up taking at the end of the year 
Oof, yeah. So it, it, I have to caveat this by saying that, the, like, like Sammy said, the system changes all the time. Our current system in Turkey is not the same as it was even back in 2017. It was a different system. And then before that, that system came into play officially in 2010. I think the system before that was similar enough that there's not a whole lot of detail I could find on Wikipedia about what it looked like before 2010. So with this caveat that I'm not 100% sure of what the test looked like in the late 90s when the kids would have been taking it. I'm going to describe the 2010 and the current <laughs> versions. Um, again, apologies if someone is listening and took the test in the late 90s or is just like very, very, very familiar with the history of the exam. And my 2010 to 2017 description doesn't reflect the reality of the late 90s at all. I apologize, but I couldn't find, I truly could not find a Wikipedia article predating 2010. I wouldn't even have thought of the fact that we were supposed to be in a period drama. So kudos to you for thinking of that. Like barely a period drama, but yeah, with how quickly and extremely uh, the education system has changed, um, it probably was quite different. I do think that it's correct to say that Um, So as of 2013 in Turkey, we've had a, I keep saying we, even though I wasn't educated in Turkey at all, but in Turkey, there's a, the current system is called quote unquote four plus four plus four, which refers to four years of elementary school, four years of middle school, four years of high school. Uh, Previously, it was, um, (laughs) I don't know the years, but previously it was five years of elementary school, three years of middle school four years of high school. And then before that, when my parents were in school, for example, high school was only three years. So it was a total of um, 11 years as opposed to 12 years of education. So like even that very basic layout um, (laughs) has changed. The system itself has changed uh, fairly recently in 2013. Um, But the very, very recent, like as of the 2017, 2018 school year, um, the big, the biggest changes were the removal of the um, entrance exam into high school. So there used to be a test called the TEOG, TEOG, people would like pronounce the acronym to sort students into, so middle school would be basically up to the students' families where the student would go. Um, I mean, I think there would be selective private middle schools, but like all the public middle schools would be for all intents and purposes, the same, of course, not the same, because even in the U.S., as we know, and in other countries, mm-hmm. the neighborhood you live in, et cetera, makes a difference. But in theory, all public middle schools are the same, the same classes, the same uh, tests, et cetera, that people have to take culminating in this in this um, high school entrance exam. This test was uh, removed in the 2017 beginning in the 2017-2018 school year for reasons that I can only assume have to do with uh, the current rather autocratic and Islamist leading parties um, (laughs) overall political agenda. So what happened was with the removal of this test, we used to have Anadolu or Anatolian high schools, which were public schools that were that you had to get in with a high score um, on this middle on this high school entrance exam. So it was still public school was still free but the classes were meant to prepare the students for doing well on the college entrance exam of that time and to get into a four-year undergraduate uh, bachelor's degree program. Um, There were also occupation, uh, professional, like vocational high schools that were very, I mean, I think they still exist, but I've heard that the quality is like really, really bad. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not, it's not what it used to be um, as of this uh, exam being removed. Um, and then there were also, uh, then these still exist. They are called Imam Hatip high schools. They are religious high schools, very heavily focused on a still public, which is the disturbing part because Turkey's got, uh, you know, the founding of the Republic of Turkey was rooted in secularism. These schools were around, but meant to be very limited just to train imams. Now they are as common as I mean, there. If you don't go to an, an Anatolian high school, you go to an Imam Hatip high school, basically, which is again shows how pervasive non-secularism has become. Even though in the constitution it's still a secular country, there's there's creeping uh, Islamism in the form of, for example, these high schools becoming very common. Um, they've they've also converted 
you know, fully secular or Anatolian high schools to Imam Hatip high schools. So anyway, this removal of this test got rid of the sorting mechanism basically into either public non-Anatolian high schools, public Anatolian high schools, private selective high schools, uh, or vocational schools. So now you've got private high schools that can kind of give whatever kind of education they want. Um, the Imam Hatip religious high schools, which are very, very common now, as I mentioned, um, the quote unquote Anatolian high schools, which is just now what we say for secular high schools um, that are public. And then you have vocational schools that still kind of exist, but not the best quality. Also, currently unemployment is extremely high in Turkey. So it doesn't really matter where you go, <laughs> depressingly enough. Um, so back in the day, though, in the late 90s, I believe, again, assuming that the 2010 through 2017 system was basically what the late 90s system looked like, the, the, our, our gang would have had to take a high school placement exam to get into Tepebosche High School, which is where a fictional high school where, where their, uh, the, the series takes place. Then at the end of their, four, their three years, they would have to take uh, two tests. So one was called the, in Turkish, Yüksek Öğretime Geçiş Sınavı, which is, um, why, I'll just call it by the acronym, uh, YGS. So the YGS was a uh, foundational kind of first stage test uh, taken in March of the academic year. Uh, students had to take, at, had to get at least 180 points on this test to pass to, to be able to take the LYS, which stands for or the uh, test for undergraduate placement. So if you got less than 180 points, you, they would, I mean, you would basically be told, sorry, you can't do a four-year uh, undergraduate program for a bachelor's degree. Like you can still retake the test the next year and hope to get above 180, but you've basically lost a year in terms of like receiving an undergraduate education. You're going to have to, uh, you know, probably pay for a uh, prep class and, or books and whatever, and, and, and retake the test in a year. It was only done once a year. Uh, and similar with the current system, it's still only done once a year. Then the, the LYS, the stage, the second stage test would happen in June. So you would have time, you would know what you got on the stage one test. You'd know you qualified for the stage two test. And then you'd prep for that based on what kind of degree programs you wanted to, to potentially enroll in the funky thing that I, you know, compared to the American college system that I find funky is that the students and still to this day, you write down basically 30 specific departments in universities. Like it's not just enough to be like, I'm applying to Boazichi university. And then I'm going to, you know, after two years, I'm going to declare my major. It doesn't work like that. You come in declared. So you, um, you not only apply for Boazichi University, for example, you apply for the electrical engineering department at Bozici and you write that down as your top choice. And then you, I don't know, you go all the way down 30, 25 to 30 preferences. Um, and then based on how you perform on both parts of the test, you would be, the department would accept you saying, okay, you got X number of points that's above our minimum and you're in. So that's how it would work. The part two test, the um, undergraduate placement test would, um, like I said, take place in June. And there were six versions of the test basically with different emphasis given on different subjects. So through that stage one test, your basic Turkish knowledge, your basic, I sh basic, I say your foundational Turkish, your foundational math, your foundational social sciences and, and, and um, natural sciences knowledge would be tested. But the second stage test would differentiate you amongst people who want other students who want to study in a similar field. So engineers would take, you know, for example, YGS one, I don't know if that's actually the one they would take, but they would take one of the six versus like students who want to pursue legal studies would take a different version of the test. That's more focused on um, logic and writing and social sciences. Um, so then you'd find out in, I think, July or August, how you did on part two and then how your points came out. Of course, the points are also, I think, a factor of not only how you do on the test, but how you do compared to everyone else. So everyone would be ranked nationally. Like, I forget what my, like, for example, my dad was ranked, I forget what, like in the top 100 or something nationally in 
Turkey uh, for his year. So like that was like a shoe in for the engineering departments at Boazici because engineering and medicine, they only take like the top few few thousand students um, in the country. So there's also this kind of bizarre um, stratification of fields of study, which I know it happens kind of de facto in countries like the US where it's like more prestigious to be a doctor, for example, but it's sort of on paper or sort of like, uh, you know, what you hear your parents say versus like, it was kind of officially <laughs> um, portrayed as being more prestigious through this point system uh, in Turkey. So anyway, yes, uh, Ushuk or whoever high achieving students like Ushuk would aim to be in those top few thousands so they could uh, get into these really, really selective um, either natural or applied science programs. Um, nowadays, as of 20, the 2017-2018 school year, it's really kind of messed up. There's still two tests. There's still a basic test for your foundational knowledge of all subjects. And there's still like a minimum number of points you have to get on that test. In this case, now it's dropped from 180 to 150. I don't really know if it's fair to apples to apples compare the first stage test prior to 2017 and the current first stage test, because I think the number of questions, the amount of time, et cetera, is, is completely different. So it's not fair to say they've reduced the barrier to entry. I think it's so different now that you can't really compare the two. Um, but anyway, now there's still a minimum, there's still that foundational knowledge test, followed by um, a test that tests that are designed to test to differentiate you amongst people uh, who want to study in, the, in similar fields as undergrads. But the really messed up thing is instead of that foundational test being in March and then having a few months to get your results on that so you can prepare for the, for the second stage, um, it's, it all happens over the course of two days in June. So no. yeah, it really, it makes absolutely no sense over the course of two days in late June, both tests have to be taken. You have no idea if you've even done well enough on the first test to actually qualify for the second test, but they make wow. you take that second test anyway. And I calculated it. If you, if you also include the optional third foreign language test, which it's not really optional because all of the really good schools in Turkey offer like primarily English language or French language education. Um, you, uh, so you really do have to sit for that one. It's a total of 435 minutes of testing over two days, which is like seven and a, qu and a quarter hours, <laughs> 7.25 hours of oh tests. Oh my God. What a nightmare. Um, and you, like I said, for like that, for the second half of that, more than half of that, basically, you actually don't even know if you should be taking that, uh, those tests, because you may have done so poorly on the foundational piece that they're not even going to look at your second part. Um, so it's really messed up. It's also extremely expensive now. It used to be for the two tests, uh, the, the foundational and the um, undergraduate placement test, it was about 100 liras um, at the, in the last year that it was offered. I mean, not cheap for a lot of people, but still doable. Now it's almost 100 liras for each part. So up to 300 liras for this two days of torture. And I remember on the news this last summer, uh, watching the Turkish news that folks were like, I mean, parents were like not eating so that they could save money for their kids to be able to take the test. It was extremely, uh, I mean, depressing, alarming. It's, it was just like, how, how could it be? How could this be? If this is like, you're, this is the only way anyone can go to college and, um, it's prohibitively expensive, but I mean, we see that in different manifest in different ways in the U S system as well. Um, but that's how it is in Turkey, uh, at least in this, you know, with, with the current system, um, and nowadays the, yeah, the points are important, obviously, but the ranking nationally is even more important. Um, whereas it used to be that there was a minimum number of points to get into a department in a, in a particular, a particular department in a particular university. And if the student got above that number, they would automatically be eligible to enroll. Now it's, you get the points and then they work out the national ranking. And then for example, me, uh, medical faculties will only consider um, the top 50K in the country. Um, and then, I don't know, they must stratify further from there, but like there's a cutoff. If you're not in the top 50,000 test takers in, in Turkey, 
you have no hope for getting into a medical school. Um, similar for like engineering programs, it's like the top 125K um, and so forth. And of course, social sciences, it's like top 300, 400K for some reason, um, they are not looked upon as favorably. Um, so there's been a lot of criticism of not only the system itself, but also how frequently it's changed. I mean, there's a, always discussions. There's always like rumblings and rumors of another change every year, um, whether it be, you know, the, the cost or literally how many tests will be there will be or how many um, days they will be um, given over the course of. I think the biggest criticism of the current system is that you can't, you don't know how you did on part one before you have to take part two, um, and it's only two days, uh, followed by, of course, the criticism about the expense. Um, so yeah, it's it seems extremely stressful. Um, not that the U.S. system that I went through wasn't stressful, but this just like having it all on the line for a single test that you can only take once a year, or I should say a single set of tests that you, you, you can only take once a year is very extreme. Um, and so... Yeah, if Kedam, for example, truly hasn't absorbed anything in four in three years of high school, I don't know what can be done for him <laughs> in five months. I... So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what that comment is foreshadowing, if anything. Um, so yes, that is that is the really kind of messed up uh, educational system in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you for doing all that research. Yeah. I don't think I even covered, I, I really think the late nineties is probably like significantly different. I just couldn't find anything. So I apologize to our listeners, but <laughs> you do at least know how it is today. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Cause like, I think the U S is probably the only country or one of the only countries in the world where you can choose your major while you're in college. Yeah. Cause here it's the same thing. Like you have to mm-hmm. apply to a major and it's all with one standardized test. And like, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't so similar. Yeah, it doesn't change whether you go to like a different, like depending on your major. So you have to know like every single field because like the score mm. that is important is your whole score. Like they won't look like, oh, you got a whatever in chemistry. It's like the composite is what makes you get into college. And okay. it's like that, like if you got like when I did it, it was out of 100. I think now it's different. But like if you got like a 60 and above, then you for sure could get into any program you wanted. Mm-hmm. But if not, then like you would have to wait six months and take it again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I don't think there's any system that we would say is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But working towards one test, like I think there's no way that that could possibly be fair because we know that, you know, tests are testing you on how good you are at taking the test. They're not testing exactly. you on how smart you are, or how much, you know, yeah, so, there's a wow. there's an enormous um, industry around prep courses in Turkey. I mean, there are in the U.S. too, of course, with like, and I'm sure in Colombia, like, because anywhere where there's going to be a standardized exam, there's going to be an industry around preparing for that. Because to Sammy's point, it's a very specific set of techniques that you can train people to apply, as opposed to like uh, actually having a well-rounded education, as long as you know what the test is generally geared toward asking, (laughs) you can target that. Um, but do you have the money to pay for someone to tell you what to target is the real differentiator? Yeah. Right. So I guess Edda is going, is studying for the first type of test and then she's going to do like an art. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing as her second part. I think she probably still has to take like, like one of those six I mentioned, I'm sure one of them is more like flavored toward, uh, like the humanities. So maybe she would have to take that and then also submit an art portfolio. That would be my guess. I also like, I am sure it's a completely different, it could be, it could be completely different. I'm just also thinking about like some of the music, um, programs and, and or like um art conservatories in terms of like performing arts like I'm sure mm-hmm. they also maybe didn't have a part didn't have to take part two or had to take again like some more humanities oriented one and also submit well they would have to audition in the 90s they couldn't really take a video of themselves could they <laughs> that was <wasn't> technology <laughs> yeah. that was available nowadays <laughs> they probably can like record a video um 
but yeah, so I'm not sure, but I think you're right. It would have to be definitely part one and then maybe a portfolio. All right. Well, thank you again, Esgi, for doing all that reading. Um, and if you less, have thoughts, less reading than for the test prep, <laughs> <laughs> if you have any knowledge about what it was like in the nineties, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to hear about it. So now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck, Salted of Success, and Fatma's hit list. So um, what the fucks? First, I want to do a shout out. I know this is not a section, but I just, (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely loved Emma's outfit, like mid episode where she had like the purple glasses and like the colorful denim jacket. She looked so cool. I love that. Okay. So what the fuck to the uh, Eda's art teacher being like supportive now? Yeah, like, I had that. I wrote oh, that. <laughs> she's such a bitch. Like, no, you can't be a good teacher now. We don't like you. Uh, <laughs> she's the worst. What the fuck to Ashuk's style now? It's like baggy <laughs> tie-dye sweatshirt over inappropriately short skirt or skirt. Is like it seems like very today's interpretation of the nineties, like what girls wear today. Yeah, it's just it's weird. It's like I'm not trying, but I'm wearing like two inches below my butt of fabric. Like I don't know, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what the fuck to the dog's name being Paris? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like a male dog kind of weird he doesn't strike me as a Paris you know I just don't feel like that's his vibe (laughs) and then finally what the fuck to I was glad Elif was part of the team but like drinking her beer and enjoying it I just feel like that's so unrealistic like nobody likes beer the first time they try it yeah and then she was like let's have another one guys yeah Yeah. I love these 40s of cheap-ass beers. So delicious. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. But that is coming from a person who hates beer. So maybe I'm biased. Also, where did that like second round of beer come from? Like, did she just bring like two six packs and put some in the shed? Like, was there a corner store like just out of frame? (laughs) No, because they they went into the shack. shack. Yeah. But in her defense, I think that it's a very teenager thing to pretend you like beer when you obviously yeah. don't like it. That's true. What are your guys's what the fucks? I think I had, I think I don't have anything more than what you said. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. I think maybe Bilur being Bilur, like she was so over the, I was like very over it. Yeah. And the basketball scene was kind of weird when he like imagines different people playing basketball with him yeah that was yeah. kind of a weird scene. also what is his like green uniform for basketball like what does he did he just like buy like a generic uh jersey set or what possible, possible. <laughs> or maybe, like a bursa sport or something maybe kemal will recruit him out of high school and he'll Ooh. become a great basketball player on his team oh maybe i didn't think about that that could happen maybe i would love that so much that means it's definitely not gonna happen <laughs> Yeah, but they show him playing basketball so much. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and who's he, the guy he's playing with? Like, no, no mention of who that rando is. Just like beat him up. I mean, up it's until like street basketball. You just go and play, I guess. Is it? But why just two? Nobody else is out that it's late. Like the, I guess. Yeah, it's like the dead of night. Yeah. <laughs> Except for angsty teenagers. <laughs> um, who's our sultan of success? Maybe Elif for like mm. being able to steer everything into place. And again. like a pro at sneaking out and also obtaining beer and not giving a, a fuck if uh, True. her breath smells like alcohol when she gets home. <laughs> All of these things are very impressive qualities that she did not have an episode ago. So yeah. she's really advanced a lot. <laughs> um, okay, I like that. And then Fatima's hit list. Billy, is it Bilur? <laughs> yeah. Billy? yeah, for sure, Bilur. <laughs> Billy. Also, for just using English words, 
That's I don't like n- that. It throws bad me off. news. <laughs> bad news. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, congratulations to our Sultan of Success, Elif. And watch out to Billy, world's worst teacher slash seductress. You're terrible at both. So watch out. (laughs) Um, Next time we'll be talking about Love 101 season two, episode five, where hopefully all the happy vibes continue, but I'm very doubtful. So yeah, we need, we're due for some sad adults, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time. 